Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Prince Podcast here on Podcast Juice. My name, of course, is Michael Dean, and joining me today is Mr. Big Sexy and Sack. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Nice overcast, but not too cold day today in the state capital. Yeah, and we are doing a special, special show for you. Uh, we've been trying to get this thing together for a minute now, but we have a special guest, uh, none other than Mr. Philip Lassiter. Mr. Philip, are you on the line? Hey, hey, hey! What's up, fellas? Man, it's 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 you. That's what's up. That's what we trying to we trying to hook up with you, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm sitting out here on a uh, on a sun, the sunny island of Curacao, and what? with my lady, and we're we're chilling out for a couple of months and making music, and so I uh, I am doing better than well. Man, and then he drops the mic, and then we can all go home and dream. <laughs> man, I love that, man. You, you, do, you definitely doing your thing. You are doing what I like to say all the time. You're working it like a job, but you're enjoying it. So that's Absolutely. Lovely. And Philip, for those who don't know, he is a musician. Uh, I would say producer. Uh, he's a horn player. What, what particular instrument is your specialty, sir? Well, you know... I think trumpet is my is my primary instrument. Okay. Um, it's hard to say because I've made my living at both instruments at different times in my life. Um, but uh, as at, at this point in my life, trumpet is is my primary instrument, and uh, and keyboards is my secondary. Okay. And to tie it home to what this show is about, the Prince Podcast, Mr. Lassiter plays or has played, encountered you know, funk and jam with Mr. Nelson Prince himself. Uh, I believe you are actually featured on the newest uh, release as well as many others, the Hit and Run Phase 2. Are you on, are you play on this song. I know for sure you play on, um, that's my cut too, Big City. Oh yeah, definitely. In fact, um, that's, uh, I did the uh, horn arrangement on that song. Oh man. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. It was a lot of fun. If you can remember, because I remember hearing the song, um, maybe over a year ago or something. But when was it that you guys? Do you remember when you actually first worked on that song? Well, it was really early into the uh, the experience with Prince uh, back when when I joined the band. Um, wow, was it about three years ago now? Okay, uh, a little over three years ago. Um, it was in the fall, and uh, I remember we went into rehearsals for about two weeks. And uh, I was just writing constantly, constantly writing um, for the horn section. We were building a repertoire for the coming events. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's a really cool story, actually, about how the the feature, the horn feature happened on that song. Um, you guys are going to like this. <laughs> um, so uh, so we had he, he, he asked me to write two horn features, mm -hmm. um, one of which was Big City. And the other, which is a song that you guys know called Mutiny. Yeah. Yeah. So Mutiny, we performed on uh, the Arsenio Arsenia. Hall show. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a smash, right? Okay. So here's what happened. He gave me the two songs. He said, I want you to write horn features on these. So I went to, I went into the, into my hotel room and I wrote, I originally wrote what was the the uh, the horn feature to Mutiny was actually originally on Big City, and Big uh -huh. City was on Mutiny. Interesting. So what it was just the way I heard it, and um, and this is a great great ex example of how Prince you know taught me 
a lesson. He taught me many lessons. Um, but um, <laughs> what happened was I was all excited, you know, about what I wrote and I thought, man, I'm going to impress the big boss. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in, 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 and, and uh, we went into rehearsals and, and man, we, I had to, I had to, you know, rehearse the horn section first and get, get everybody to learn these parts. And they were really, really intricate, complex parts. And, um, and so we worked really hard to get it, to get it all up. And I'm, I need to mention too, that mutiny is a faster tempo than big city. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they're both in the same key. So we, uh, we, we got them together and then we go to present it to the boss and we're in there with the whole bands there and Prince is listening and here we go. And we play the first, we play mutiny for him, I think. And then after that he goes, okay, now I want to hear the big city one. And we go and we play the big city song. And then, um, while the band is playing mutiny, no, I'm sorry. We're playing big city and, uh, he decides to flip flop them. He says, he says, uh, horns stay on big city i want to hear that feature again band rhythm section go to mutiny and i'm going i'm going oh no first of all like i said mutiny is in a is in a faster tempo so we barely had the big city joint worked up to that tempo now we've got all of a sudden played at this super fast tempo same key so it worked he could do it right mm-hmm. he could do it on the on the fly so uh the band switched to the song and then they sped up to the tempo of mutiny and then here we had to play it down and when i tell you we barely got through it <laughs> but we we got through it and, and prince goes on the one and the band stopped Damn. and he goes and he goes Cause that's what a mutiny sounds like. What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. See, it, it, this, this is what I got to ask you. So, I mean, we just started talking about you work with a prince, but you don't just come into a situation like that where you already like put in the work. You done been in the game for a while. Like you were, you know, cause somebody like Prince call you up. I would imagine from a musician standpoint, that's like, okay it's time to show and prove, right? Like this is, this is one of the legends of the game. Uh, I wanted to tell me if you could tell me like, how did it feel to you uh, when you first got the call? Like, what was that like? Man, it was incredible. Um, and it, it, it's, it's a testament to the fact that hard work pays off mm-hmm. and that, and that, um, and the way, uh, the way God works. Um, I I've been working specifically in in the gospel music arena, the black gospel genre for over 10 years. I had been uh you know, barely making a living, but uh but hmm. making great music and um and getting some accolades and things and I had some Grammy stuff nods for my work with Kirk Franklin and this mm-hmm. and that. And I say that humbly because I I will also say that, you know, I was just paying the bills. And okay. it was uh, it was just a, a humble living, and uh, there wasn't anything uh, glamorous about it. Although uh, in my circles, I was uh, I was highly praised. Um, but I was ready, man. I was ready for the next the next move because you know it's only so long you get, you want to struggle for the art. You know right, right. Now you was paying your dues, man. Getting your name out there. And, and Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, 
uh, Andrew Goucher, who had recently gotten the gig with Prince playing bass, um, was an acquaintance of mine. Um, I, I wouldn't say we were we were homies, uh, but we just we had met a couple of times and we were Facebook friends. Okay. And uh, he was he's well known for his. Um, background in, in gospel music as well. So he knew my work through us working in the same genre, but never working together. And so when Prince asked him, hey, you know, uh, do you know, I'm looking for a horn guy, somebody who can write and, uh, and arrange for a horn section. Um, Andrew was like, I know just the guy. And so when Andrew hit me up on Facebook, all caps, Phil, <laughs> I refer to you to Prince. I need a video of your horn section. ASAP. Um, and I'm, I'm sitting in my one bedroom, roach infested, <laughs> five floor walk up apartment in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Oh, shit. And, and I'm barely paying the rent. And, um, and I've just fallen on the floor. I'm going, wow, this is incredible. And, uh, but the, the neat thing about it to me was that it, 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 there was a direct link between all the work that I had done the last over ten years, over a decade, mm, mm. to to the to the opportunity that I had with Prince, mm. and uh, and and I, I, I like to tell you more about the opportunities that have come from that. Right. The great the greatest one was I met my I met my wife on tour with Prince. Okay, back up. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank all you. Right. But but yeah, give me walk me into that journey. How did that happen? Okay, so, um, man, again, this is how God works. Um, on, at the last minute, we got called to play the North Sea Jazz Festival in Curacao. There was a, uh, a usher was supposed to play the show. He was the headliner, and he had a family emergency. And because of that, he had to pull out. They called Prince, and I believe Prince wanted to, to bring the Third Eye Girl, and the, I believe the festival... Um, said we want the whole band okay and um and because of that i i found out like a week before we came um we were brought to the island and um i am uh i'm chilling on this tropical paradise you know I'm just it's it just didn't get any better than this right but at this time in my life i was i was a uh, single for over six years i had been previously married Okay. And it was a rough, a, a rough situation. You know, it took me quite a long time to get through. And um, uh, uh, I, I said, you know, I'd never get married again. I would never. I pretty much gave up on love. Can, can and, I ask you one quick question? If you don't mind. How, yeah. how old are you? How old were you at the time? If you don't mind. Uh, it was about, uh, I was 37. Okay. I'm 40, 40 now. Yeah. Okay. We all um, in the same round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, big sexy. You can never be old with that name. <laughs> Just vintage. Just vintage. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was starting to open up in my heart. I was starting to feel after six years of being single, I was starting to feel like, you know, I could, uh, I could see myself in a relationship again. And I knew that, that I needed, I needed that. I was missing that in my life. And, um, and so here I'm on this amazing tropical Island. And I, I think, uh, the universe just kind of opened up, uh, to me. And that in this moment, it was the night before we performed, Erica Badu was on stage. That's significant to wow. me because I'm from Dallas. Okay. And yep. I, and so a lot of my friends were in the band, we were just hanging out and it was family on stage. One of my favorite artists, and I'm just standing in the audience by myself, kind of feeling sorry for myself. And uh, all of a sudden, I see this girl, 
and she's got to be three or four hundred feet away, five hundred yards away or so, and she is like darting through the crowd like a like a jackrabbit. <laughs> and um, she's go she's headed to the bar, and and I was, you know, I wasn't the type of person to just have a lot of gall, a lot of gumption, just to like see a beautiful woman and and then just walk up to her and be you know puff daddy or whatever you know. It's like <laughs> I'm not. I'm not I'm not that guy. So, uh, but something came over me and I, and I just started walking towards her. Something just said, go, go now or you're an idiot. And I just started walking towards her and I met her at the bar. I tapped her on the shoulder. I took a step away and I turned my shoulder, faced the bar. And when she looked at me, I swear to you guys, I had no idea what I was going to say. And the words came out. I looked at her and I said, I saw you moving swiftly through the crowd. <laughs> That's what I, I saw you moving swiftly through the crowd. Wait, 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 wait. I know, <laughs> I know you dropped the, the, the bass down in the voice a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw you moving swiftly through the crowd. There Remember? you go. <laughs> there we go. So, so she flips her hair, right? And she looks at me and she says, Well, aren't you observant? Uh oh. Uh oh. And then I say, I got a second to think. And I'm just like, Dude, just throw it all on the table. And I said, you're tough to miss. Damn. And she she laughed. We hit it off. It was about a five-minute conversation. I didn't know if I'd ever see her again. And the next night, she spotted me in the audience of es uh, the Esperanza Spalding show. And then I went on. To, I went and got on stage. And there's there's a I, I won't go into the whole the whole story. It would take too long. But there are a thousand little details that happened to the universe conspiring us right, right. to be together. And it ended with me having a day off on Curacao and her saying, "I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to show you the real Curacao." Mm -hmm. And she took. We made. She's a singer. She told me she was a singer, and I thought, "Oh, great." And then, <laughs> and then I heard her on the radio while we're driving in the car. Wow. They're playing her song on the radio. Then we made music together with her band. I had my horn, and we, she wow. taught me to dance bachata. And she introduced me to the triquipan, which is like the marinated meat, and it's a special thing here. And the whole night ended with us on the beach talking and getting to know each other, and me telling her, "I want to bring you to America. I want to. I want to get to know you." Mm. And uh, it was like I was in Casablanca, you guys. It was crazy. <laughs> and wow. uh, a year later, we were married. Man, right, congratulations, man. That's man. That's, Definitely. <laughs> yeah, you, you, at some point, you go deeper into that story because that's the type of stuff people need to hear, man. It's like, like you said, it all sort of came together. You put in the 10 years of work, an opportunity arises, you rose to the occasion, you was ready. You know, which is a big thing. A lot of cats just ain't ready when stuff calls. You were ready. Uh, you was proven. You were out there. You said your family, your friends was already out there with Erica. So it was, it was just like, man, are you here too? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then you saw the one. It was like, psh. bam. Yeah, yeah, man. That's dope, man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really neat, man, just to see it. And as you look back, in your past and your life and you see all the dots connecting and how things have to happen and sometimes tragedy and so that you can mm -hmm. get to the next level, you know? Wow. So you guys are married now you live. So you living out there in the islands for two months. I am. We have been traveling full time for about a year now. Um, we just decided we didn't want to really be in any one place. Okay. Um, and so we, we just kind of, uh, have been bouncing around between LA and, um, 
and the East Coast um, and uh, Texas, where my family live, my parents live, and All right. and then, of course Curacao. My, well, my wife, interesting enough, is Dutch Caribbean, so she was adopted by missionaries and raised in Holland. Man. So we've been spending quite a bit of time in Holland and Amsterdam and all over there in Germany. So I mean, so it's been a, quite a. This last year was was a whirlwind, but it was a blast. Wow, man! So you you, you basically got a blessed situation. <laughs> going on yeah. right now. I, I know when we, we've been trying to get this interview together and it was always, I mean, you're a busy man. You're doing your thing. I'm looking at uh, oh, Mike, I'm out such and such. I'm in the Caribbean. I'm like, I'm like damn, baller. Like, can I get in something? <laughs> but it was good to see. It was good to see. I'm like, oh, he's doing his thing, man. That's how it's supposed to be. You know, so you fit in where you fit in. So, now nah, that yeah. story is beautiful, man. Um, one or two, uh, going back to Prince a little bit and we're going to go into some other things, but um, you talked about the Arsenio Hall show. Was that yeah. the first show that you did with Prince performance? Uh, no, no, no. That was, uh, well into the, uh, the experience. Okay. Um, but that was definitely a highlight for sure. Um, you know, you to know. have, uh, one of my arrangements played by Prince on a national major, TV, you know, yeah. a national television. That was, that was crazy. What the? And then, you know, you know, my hero hit me up after that. My hero of horn arranging is a guy named Jerry Hay, who did all oh, the Michael Jackson him. stuff. Yeah, yeah. He did all the Michael Jackson stuff with Quincy Jones and oh, Earth, wow. Wind & Fire. And he hit me up and was like, hey, great job on the... I was like, <laughs> what? Tight. <laughs> yeah, so we're friends now. It's pretty cool. Wow. All right. Now, did you also play on the Andy Allo stuff as well? Or? I did not play on the Andy Allo stuff. Okay. Um I was uh I was around when she was um when she was around making her album and stuff and uh and we we got to know each other some but uh we didn't actually work together. I, that was actually another one of my other heroes of horn arranging is uh Michael B Nelson from the Hornheads. Yes, yes he's dope. He did he did that whole record. Okay. It's incredible. Yeah, he is. Yeah, those dudes are filthy. Uh ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, so you you doing the the performances with Prince? Uh, I remember I actually listened to. I have one of these shows. Uh, freaking now, I can't remember what do they call that jazz festival. Uh, starts with the M. Montreux. Montreux. Didn't you play? Oh that? yeah, that was a yes. cold. It was like a couple shows. I want to say. I think. Yeah, we did two nights in Montreux, and um, it was certainly memorable. You know, that was right before we went to Curacao, actually. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, it was an incredible experience. That stage was crystal clear, and uh, it was just, it was remarkable. Well, it yeah. Was, I, it was incredible. That's where I first heard Big City from. I was listening to that, and this song came on. I was like, first I was like, what a song is this? Because I, I never heard this, and is this an old song or something? And I was like, first I was like, the way the horns, dun, 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 and then it goes into it, and I was like, man, this has that kind of classic type of Prince-type sound, and the horns is doing... I was just like, man, this is filthy. Like, the horns was popping, and I think you guys also did um, Old Friends for Sale. Yeah, we there. did. That was nuts, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Damn. Yeah. And uh, Shades of Umber. Yes. And, uh, uh, I think you did... Um, I was just reminiscing, but the, you did the... Uh, Freaking! What's the song by uh, Average White Band? Did you guys do? Uh, uh, I'm trying to. What's it called? Uh, pick up the pieces. No, uh, it was the one Eric B and M did. 
I'm trying to remember. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm all over the place. Um, yeah. Want to bring you go to your album? So I, I was listening to uh, the Dreams album this morning. Yeah, dude. <laughs> did you produce and do that whole album yourself? Yes, sir. I wrote and produced every song, and I'm singing on there as well. That song is tight. And I'm not trying to blow you up because you're on the show or nothing like that. I was listening and I was like, this is this is this shit. Like, <laughs> what's wow, the song? Thank uh, you, man. Hi, Shorty. Oh, yeah, you like that? I one? was like, I could see that blowing. I was like, I already see, I could see the video. I see cats. Like, hey, Shorty. <laughs> I was like, this is the cut. You got cuts on here, man. That's a dope album, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I appreciate it. It was fun to make. Um, do you have the Filthy album? Uh, I don't have I me. Mean, I can. I, I didn't get a chance to listen to that yet, but I do see it here. Okay, I was I was gonna send it to you in case you you didn't have it, but that one is uh is cool too. You know, it was the my first Any album, person? and it's more on the on the heavy funk side. Oh okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of music in there with Bernard Wright and and Bobby Sparks and a lot of a lot of cats from from Dallas, you know. And uh, it's similar. It's it's different than the. It's more funk heavy and okay. And the J- Dreams record is funky, but it's it's more jazz heavy with like uh, the the Kibble Brothers from Take Six or you know in there. And there's it's more compositional, you know. Yeah, no, it's 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 nice. I mean, it just I love the lyrics. Oh, Some beautiful. stuff you was talking about, like uh, the other cut that stood out. It's okay. So I like yeah. that type of stuff. <laughs> like it was happy and it, you know, yeah. started to make you feel good and reassure. I mean, I was like, this. I was you know, like, okay, yeah. I wrote that song for my daughters actually. While my my youngest was tap dancing around, she was like two years old. You know, she was like okay. kind of shuffling her feet around while I was playing uh, the Fender Rhodes one day, and I was trying to play like a music box um, to make her dance that way, and she was <laughs> playing off of it, and that's how that the song starts is with the kind of music box sort of a high roads kind okay. of thing and the whole song is written was written and dedicated to my daughters and they're actually singing on the end of it the little the kids choir at the end that's the la 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 okay those are my kids man wow man that's dope yeah. how many kids you got i have two daughters okay and was- now they're 12 and 9 now uh-oh nice yeah they're getting that age now oh uh, hey, i'm right know, with man. you my daughter's she'll be 13 next month Oof. Scary. Scary. Sassy, sassy, sassy pants, man. <laughs> yeah, well, nah. <laughs> I'm old I school, <laughs> but I hear you. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, dreams uh, for so all the listeners. Man, I'm gonna put links to these albums in the show notes. You definitely got to go get dreams and get uh, what's it called, filthy. Filthy with a ph, yeah. yeah. It's self-titled filthy. That's like a Bay Area term. I don't know if you. Yeah, guy. absolutely. I'm a huge Tower of Power fan too. Oh, okay, there you so. go. Yeah. But yeah, right I heard you, yeah, I heard you say filthy a couple times. I was like, okay, yeah, that's my that's my AKA, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm on the west side here, so you know. Um nice. Dallas. I want to go back to now where were you were you born and raised out of Dallas or where were you from? Well, it's a long story, but I was basically I was born uh in the the southernmost southern point of Alabama, actually, I'm okay. I'm originally from Mobile, Alabama, and uh, my father is from there. And then I was raised uh, from 11 on to high school through high school. I was raised in the Midwest, um, uh, St. Louis, and and, and uh, upwards in Peoria, Illinois. And okay. uh, I wound up in Texas. Actually, is where my career began. And I was uh, I began as a church music director, and I, I got to know all the, these guys that were working with Kirk Franklin and Erica Badu mm-hmm. and. 
and uh, the Roy Hargrove crew and all that, those guys. And, um, and I was mentored by them, and that's where really my musical journey really flourished, you know, and expanded. And uh, that's how I broke in. I did my first album. Uh, it was a gospel album, and that's how I got um, locked in, linked in with Kirk Franklin and, and got on bigger records. And uh, it was just, you know, yeah, I mean, one, one record at a time. <laughs> you were Marvin Sapp and uh, you some Fred Hammond? Yes, I won a Grammy with Fred Hammond, and and uh, recently just did this uh, this latest Jill Scott record that came out. And oh, right you now, on that one? Okay. Yeah, mm, I did the horns on that, yeah. and I did uh, a, a lot of string arranging too um, out of L.A. Um, with a great producer named Harmony Samuels. I got to do uh, Ariana Grande and okay. Fantasia, Kelly Rowland, and it's been it's been quite a journey. But I'm actually moving to L.A. I hear you guys say you're on the West Coast. I'm moving to L.A. Uh, in March. Oh, nice. All right, cool. Nice. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, Big Sexy, he's in Sacramento. So I'm over here in Seattle, nice. Washington. If you ever need some Microsoft oh, okay. or some, <laughs> or some Starbucks, or 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 the you know the world champion Seahawks. Yeah, for now. <laughs> for now. Well, yeah, exactly, cool, man. So yeah, I'm looking at the discography of the stuff you've done, man. You have done from all the way from the pop world through gospel, R and B. I think you have a country, some country stuff in here too. Yeah, I, I did a, a you know uh, the show The Voice. Um, mm -hmm. A good buddy of mine just won it last year, Craig Wayne Boyd. Oh, good. And yeah, I've been friends with him for years. I lived in Nashville for a, a stint as well, and we became good friends. And then all of a sudden, uh, talk about a grind. That guy's been on the road forever, and now he wins The Voice. And <laughs> and I just did uh, one of the singles on his his album. I don't think it's out yet, but um. But I've done a little, a little bit of country, yeah. All right, so you got Chris Cornell in here. He's a Seattle cat. That was my yeah. next question. Yeah. How do you go from uh, Johnny Lang to Fantasia to Maze <laughs> to Chris Cornell? Man, producers, um, you know, the producers that I know hit me up, really, and um, that's kind of how it, how it happens. And I never know what, what the project is. A lot of times, um, that Chris Cornell was a collaboration with him and Timbaland and a, a really good friend of mine from Dallas who I kind of cut my teeth with uh Jerome Harmon uh co-produced that album and that's how I was brought in on that wow um so how long have you been in the music business what 20, 10 years plus yeah sure? say 15, 15 maybe 15? something like that I don't know who's counting and, and well I asked to say that because I'm like you know where the where the music business is today where it's probably even five years ago, let alone 15 when you first started, it's got to be a totally different, you know, I guess maybe business-wise how it works. Um, what would you say to young cats, musicians who are just, you know, wanting to get into this and, and do something what you like, what you're doing? How do you, I mean, you got longevity, man. You are, you're one of these guys that have, you seem like you've made yourself indispensable. Mm, where you know oh, what I'm well. saying? Well, you know, I would say follow the new model because the new model was already really becoming coming into place when I first started. And um, the new model being like, don't worry about the big major le record labels. Don't wait around for some to be discovered. Um, make your art, put it out, learn about social media, learn about everything you can. The more stuff you can do yourself, be it video editing, be it uh, mixing your own music, producing your own music what singing your like i i i wasn't a singer you know and i was i'm a songwriter though mm -hmm. and i wanted people to hear my songs 
And I couldn't get anybody to sing my songs because everybody, you know, saw me as that horn guy. And um, and uh, so I said, well, to hell with that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sing my own music. Okay. And that's how I became an artist. And now I get I've I've been I had some great opportunities. I'm on Snarky Puppies record label, and I, I get to open up for them a few times a year and sing in front of you know 1,500 people plus. So nice. it's it's uh you know I'd say do do all you can whatever whatever you can do whatever wherever your talents lie, do as much as you can and and build with your with the team and you know as your as your team grows everybody grows in the team. And you try to try to put uh, put as much together yourself as you can. Don't wait along around for uh, Clive Davis to come along and, and say, "Hey, you, you know," and make make it happen for you, because those days are are uh, pretty much long gone. Okay. You know? Well, and also, if you can speak to me about you know the craft uh, of, of a musician, of a trumpet player, like you don't just say, "Okay, I want to play the horn," and you know, let me play for a couple hours here. You know, let me go jump on the xbox or let me go holler at these girls or run the streets i imagine you put in like you practicing rehearsing working yeah absolutely and the more the longer i play uh, as uh, in my career the longer i play my life uh the more hours i put in actually because i just the i just want to grow i want to i'm not there yet not for myself mm. Okay. You know, no matter what anybody tells me or or whatever gig happens, I, it's I, I'm trying to I'm trying to get to a place where I'm I'm happy with it. Okay. You know, and that that goes for every aspect of my musicianship. I want to be I want to be pleasing myself, and that's I think that's that's where you want that's where really where every artist should be. It's just striving to to be um, you know to ta- always striving to take it to the next level. Mm. So the the trumpet in particular is a really difficult instrument. It requires a a lot of uh, a lot of discipline, but it's a beautiful discipline. All right, How, I'm going to ask you since you're, you're a trumpet player, and you know, talking about Prince's music, you know, for me as a as a big fan, you know, uh, the early earlier Prince music, you know, had the horns with uh, the great uh, Mr. Eric Leeds and Atlanta Bliss. You know, they held that position down in the eighties, like none other, were you aware of, uh, of, you know, of their, their work in, in, in his songs at, back then? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm a big Prince fan too, and have been for a long time. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this, um, you know, I was already a big fan of the Hornheads and their albums, mm-hmm. you know, where they, they play by themselves and no rhythm section. It's just horns. It's crazy stuff. Um, and so, you know, um, it was, it was neat because, you know, one day I'm hanging out at a buddy of mine's house and I, I saw a framed picture of Prince sitting on the on the floor. And I said, oh, nice, nice Prince picture. And my buddy goes, oh, man, that's my wife's man. She loves Prince. Man, we, we you want it? Take it, man. Take it. I, I'm really. And I, I said, are you serious? He goes, yeah, but don't let my wife see. See, you take it. Wow. And I was Uh-oh. like, I, was, I put it under my coat. <laughs> And I like when I left his house, I was like, "Bye, good night, goodbye." It said bye to his wife, and I literally, with his permission, stole her Prince picture. And Man. and so I put it up in my on every wall of every apartment that I had uh, until I got the call. And uh, I swear it was something about having that. I believe 
you know, about, you, you know, you put it out there. Right, and say, right. And I used, I didn't, I, Prince was my first tour. I was always in the studio. Uh-huh. And I used to say things like, yeah, I don't really know if I want to tour that much. I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I, I love being in the studio. The only way I would ever want to tour is if maybe I had a gig that was really fun mm-hmm. and was really high level, maybe something like Prince. Wow. Yeah, I could see myself on. I I used to say those things, you know, and then having that picture up, and I think there's there's absolutely something to that. There are no coincidences. Right. What, what what picture was that? I'm just curious. What was? Man, it's like a. I I can't even really describe it. It's like it looks like a picture of somebody, just like it. It's not. A, he's like a, on stage, and uh, performing live. It's just some random photo I'd never seen before. Mm. He's like got a. Got a frilly uh, shirt on, kind of British uh, frilly shirt on, and, and he's holding his guitar. And yeah, it's probably from the eighties, I, I think. One of the sign of the times or something, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I think he could be right. You know, right in there, low sexy, right in that area. Yeah, interesting. <clears throat> that sounds about right. Yeah. Wow. You, you, so you were saying to yourself, if I did go on tour. It would be what it would have to be something like a prince, or yes. and you had it on your wall. You was calling that into existence, basically. That's right. And the universe, God said, "Okay, when you're ready, you permit. See what you look. See what you're asking for." And then, sure enough, I mean, I'm yep. just curious. Were you intimidated at all? Like when you first, did, I'm sure this was at Paisley Park, whatever. When you walk in there, are you like, or are you just like, I, 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 this is he called me here for a reason. I'm, I'm, I'm worthy of this. I'm good enough. Well. I think anytime you meet an icon like that and you're and you're um it's not one of your personal heroes musically uh, you get you better be intimidated mm, okay. um but he was not intimidating to me personally he was very he was really cool um i i will i walk i i walked into paisley park and there was a dark hallway and he popped out, but I didn't know it was him until, and he walks down the hallway, we're walking towards each other. And until like, he's like a few feet in front of me. Then I realized it's him. And he says, Phil Prince, nice to meet you. He said, and he smiled and he goes, I love what, you, I love what you did on days of wild. Cause I did this rearrangement of days of wild for him. Nice. And, um, and he said, I love what you did on days of wild smiled. And before I could even say, thanks. He's like, follow me, and turns around and walks away. <laughs> so I'm following them down this hallway. When we go into like um, the the, we're walking through Paisley Park, and I'm just like, wow, this is really incredible, man. It's like just all the sights. Um, and uh, and we walk up the staircase, and he takes me into this conference room, and and he he says sit here and it's like to the left of the uh the head of the table and he sits at the head of the table and and it's just prince and me like in this conference room just talking and well him talking i didn't say a word and um and i just cuz you know i told myself i'm not going to say very much i'm just right. going to i'm just going to listen and see what it is that he wants why he wants me here, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not going <laughs> to stick my foot in my mouth. <laughs> so uh, I, I sat there and I listened and he opened up and he, he's, you know, he said, he said, Phil, at this point in my career, I don't feel like I have anything that I need to say. 
So if mm. there's something that I decide to do, it's it's got to be because I want to do it. Hmm. It's fulfilling to me personally, not because I feel like I need to please or or, or you know or or, or specific prove anything, right, if you will. You. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing. Um, but he said, um, my father used to talk about big giant horn sections in the seventies. You know, not not a big band like Glenn Miller, big band, but like a like a big ass horn section in the seventies. And, um, he's like, you know, like 10 pieces, 10, 11 pieces. He said, and he used to talk about it all the time. And to be honest with you, I just want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I finally spoke and I said, right on. (laughs) (laughs) That's dope, man. That's thanks for sharing that. That's, that's dope, man. Wow. Yeah, you know, he was always, um, you hear all kinds of stories and people want to talk about celebrities because they're fun to talk about. But the man was never anything but uh, but patient and kind to all of us in the horn section. And I, I, think, um, I think we gave him reason to be because we always did our job and we always delivered. We wrote, his big thing is write, write it down. And if you don't have a have a have a photographic memory, then write it down. But if don't don't have me tell you something, and then you forget it, mm. but you didn't write it down. Now you can forget it if you wrote it down. Right. <laughs> if I see you write it down, that's that's the whole thing. And I get it because I'm a band leader too. You just want to see people putting in their best effort. You know, we're all human. We all make mistakes, mm-hmm. but. But when you don't write it down and you forget, then it's a problem. And we uh, we always had a, we were always on our A game. Nice. And I think he really greatly appreciated that and respected us for it. There was a there was a feeling of mutual respect there. Wow. You know. How long did uh, you tour with Prince? I think it was about two years, two and a half years. And, okay. you know, the door hasn't been closed. Um, he, he hasn't hired another horn section to, uh, to tour or anything. And, uh, and that, of course, it would, be, it would be fine if he did. I'm just saying it, right, right. The, door, the door is open, you know, uh, regardless of I play or tour with him again, especially on the side of writing, you know, being able to uh, – to, to write arrangements for him in future albums or tours or whatever um, okay. is uh, the door the door is open and I'm I'm happy, I'm grateful for that so right all right uh, for you uh, what what's next for Philip Lassiter where, where are you oh, at right now I'm glad you asked um, I am working on two big projects right now um, one of which is my uh, my my debut trumpet album and I do this thing well, it's kind of like in the spirit of Roy Hargrove, uh, D'Angelo voodoo. Um, Uh and, uh, (laughs) you know how Roy stacks trumpets. And, um, and so I started doing that a long time ago as well. And, um, and I'm working on a, uh, a hip hop jazz album that's mostly instrumental and, uh, it's featuring me on trumpet and I'm, I'm, I'm featuring a different producer on every track. So I didn't produce the tracks. I'm just playing trumpet. And, um, I've got all these great producers that are, um, being a part of it and I hope to release it sometime this year. And, um, 
I think it's going to be really, really smashing. And uh, if you guys ever want, I don't know if you play music on your podcast, but if we you do. ever want to hear, cool. Well, if you ever want to hear some of it, I'll uh, I'll send it over to you. Or as I get close to the release, if you want to do another one of these, we can talk about that album. For um, sure, man. Use us. Yeah, I mean, we our hard yeah. network is yours. So whatever you want to do, we play it all. We want to promote it all. Yes. Uh, that's beautiful. The other project I'm working on and have been working on f- since I met my wife is my wife's project, um, Josephine. And uh, I'll just give her a quick plug if you want to check her out. Our, um, yeah. Her website is josephineofficial.com. And Josephine is spelled with a P-H, um, not an F. So, um, And her all of her social media, if you want to check out her YouTube or any of the other stuff, it's all J Fine official j fine with that and that's a f-i-n-e j I, fine I got official. <laughs> she, she's fine <laughs> oh yeah tuesday afternoon yes tuesday afternoon is her new single we just oh, released on I've tuesday this yes this last tuesday yeah and i um, see you philip i see oh, yeah. you <laughs> yes sir <laughs> yes she's not ugly <laughs> no no no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> not ugly i see you philip yes yes sir yes sir yeah man and uh and she's a really beautiful person in and out and she's going to be she has a lot to say and to, and to share with the world and uh, we have a lot of music that we're working on right now for her we're, we're building our ep or our album whatever it is and we're going to uh, we're just going to keep putting it out. We've got four singles out now. Okay. We're um, they just get keep getting better and better as we're we're experimenting with our sound and finding where she wants to be because she's island, but she's also European and she loves Aaliyah, she loves okay. Brandy, she loves R and B music, and she loves funk and jazz and all of it. So we we don't want to go with like this is what you sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, although that's kind of the popular thing to do in the music industry is like have one sound to sell where, um, she really, she's like me, she's eclectic and she wants to have variety in her music. Ah, man, we definitely want to follow that journey, uh, for both of you guys. Like I said, man, whenever y'all ready, let me know. Cause yeah, this is, I love this kind of stuff, man. Plus y'all, y'all married and y'all doing it together. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. It's beautiful, man. It is. It is great, man. It's it's really a lot of fun. And um, uh, I, uh, if if anybody wants to check out my stuff, um, my website is philiplassiter.com, and um, I'm real easy to find everywhere online, YouTube, and uh, and so on and so forth. It's all Philip Lassiter. Philip with one L, Lassiter with two S's. All right. Um, also, before we wrap things up, we got a shout out. Uh, the gentleman uh, who got sort of hooked us up or introduced us to each other, and, I, and I'm sort of forgetting his name at this particular second. Danny Smith. Danny Smith, sir. Thank you. Uh, you are the man. Props to Danny Smith. Yeah, he, he approached me with the idea, and uh, I think it was on the Prince.org, uh, as a matter of fact. So shout out to the to Prince.org website. But yeah, Danny Smith, man. Thank you, sir. That's my brother right there. I appreciate you. I love you very much, Danny. Yes, sir. All right. Oh, oh, I don't want to ask you a quick question. Uh, What would be a dream collaboration for you of of any artist, dead or alive? Oh, man. (laughs) Well, you know, I have to say, I think, well, you know, John Hendricks, uh, the jazz singer who is the voice of Schoolhouse Rock, 
is one mm-hmm. of my greatest influences as a jazz as a jazz vocalist. Okay. Um, Quincy Jones being a, a, one of my favorite producers, um, and um, and I, I have to say right now I got my like I I I, I didn't realize I, what I was doing, but I was kind of fixed on Prince and putting that out there. You know, now I'm doing that intentionally with Dr. Dre. And I have oh, some, uh, I have some ends, and I'm I'm believing that that it's gonna come okay. into fruition. And Dr. Dre is someone that I I seriously want to collaborate with, and uh and and we also just uh, my wife is a, is an old friend of Hardwell, the incredible. He's number one DJ of the world right now, hmm. Hardwell, and uh, he produces for all kinds of pop artists and stuff. And and we just ran into him the other day, and he's really interested in working with my wife. And so that's a dream come true right okay. there because he's on the cusp of what's happening in the music industry. He's like, you know, he doesn't get much more <clears throat> top level than, than that for uh, commercial pop music. Okay. Man, Dre, that would be that would be tight, man. You'd be probably epic. get yeah. that happen. Actually, a couple of my partners uh, recently did some stuff with them. I don't know if it ever came out, but... Yeah, I yeah. can definitely see you doing some with them horns on some Dre tracks. <laughs> yeah, and, and and strings too, you know. Okay, and, yeah. And the whole orchestra. I'm, I've been getting into full orchestration more and more. I just love it, man. Nice. Yeah. Uh, man, what is? Uh, I don't I keep asking questions, but you, you're bringing up the horn and strings and stuff. I mean, what is that? That to me seemed like it would be so difficult to write or put together, but. I mean, how is how does the mind work to like, when you do strings? So, so for me, like I'm a huge fan of like one of the masters to me is like John Williams. I mean, I know it's it's musical oh, yeah. stuff, but I mean to me, that was the first album I ever got was you know Star Wars um, the original. Well, oh, man, and his and his and his uh, contribution to the recent Star Wars movie was fun. Was, no, was good. yeah, it was it was very subtle because I had to actually go listen to the album separate from the movie to really. Yeah, get it, but I was like, okay, I, I see what he's. I, I love him. the Ray's theme. I'm geeking out, but uh, super bad, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's you know what? It's intimidating, and it's you know, it seems like a little overwhelming when you when you first think about it. But um, you know, with the help of modern technology, I don't know how the guys did it before. You know, like <laughs> back in you know Beethoven and these guys when they didn't even they wrote stuff. Uh, away from the piano, they just wrote it, and they heard. Wow. They they could visualize the staves and everything, and the scores, and and hear it. They can. These guys can just look at the score and hear that mm-hmm. as they're seeing it. That's not a skill that I have. Um, but um, you know, I I do it on my keyboard, and I okay. I just start. Bernard Wright told me how to taught taught me how to uh, to write for strings and just one note at a time and then you get this independence that happens it's like I think of it like spider legs you know and then hmm. the the first violin changes and then the second violin might change and it's not always just these block chords it's like you have all these inner parts that move independently wow. and uh, and then it gets really beautiful and you just experiment and I I do it largely by ear but I also have a pretty good understanding of the piano mm-hmm. and without that i wouldn't i would not be able to do what i do for horns or for strings okay i will i'll tell you know the prince story too man uh he would he would put he would put me on the spot <laughs> in front of the whole band like <clears throat> we would be sitting there a 20 piece band and um and i remember days where the whole day was prince 
and Phil Lasseter dialoguing in front of 20 piece band. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so emotionally drained because he has so much intensity and energy. Like he just doesn't slow down. And so you have to match that, you know, Mm. energy. At least that's what I want to do. And, um, I've just got to be right there razor sharp with him. And he would, he would go, okay, right here. Let's, um, let's do a horn blast. And, um, and I'd say, um, okay, do you want, uh, you, you want me to spread that out over the whole, all 11 of us? And he'd say, most of the time he'd say yes. Um, and then I'd say, because sometimes he'd want me to do it later or he'd want me to do it on the spot. And then I'd say, would you like for me to do it now? And a lot of times he'd say yes. And then everyone would sit quietly and I had no piano next to me and I had to have the piano player, okay, play the chord. She plays the chord. Then I got to analyze what's the chord. Okay, it's this, it's this, this, this. And then I and then I sit there and everybody's quiet. You can hear a pin drop. And I'm sitting there thinking about like, okay, how am I going to voice this out? And I, you know, I don't have all the time in the world. Everybody's <laughs> waiting. And so then I just, I just like, be, but because I spent over a decade doing this right, right. and I, because I play piano well enough and my ear is good enough on trumpet. I was able to go, okay, you, and I just play. <laughs> but you got to understand, yeah. 11 players, but the, a lot of the different horns are in different keys. Mm. So you have to consider transposition too. So it's not like I'm just thinking concert. And, and so I, I go, you, bop, you, bop, you, bop, you, bop, you, bop, you, bop. Wow. And then occasionally one of the guys in the horn section would be like, hey, what's my note again? And that's when you see <laughs> the filthy comes out. And then they look. I'm responsible for eleven notes. You're responsible for one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask me that question ever again. All right, Whip Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> but wow. it was it was it was great, man. It was great to be. And they said they told me coming in there like you'll never. You'll never work so hard. Every other gig after this will be mm. easy. It will be a cakewalk. This will make you like at your very best, and it, it, everything will seem easy after this. And that's exactly what it was like. Interesting. That was, that was like the master class. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Damn, man. That's what. Go ahead. I'll give you one more. I'm gonna give you oh, one more. Keep going. This is a Prince pod, podcast, so let's talk about Prince. Yes, um, sir. Yes, sir. So one night I get uh, the, 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 the audio engineer comes to my hotel room at like midnight and drops off a CD and says, Prince wants you to take this guitar solo of his and transcribe it for the entire 11 horns. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I've never done that before. And he, and he goes, and, and like he wants it to be unison in some places. And then in other places he wants you to harmonize and like bust out into harmony. And, and I was like, and again, you know, I'm like, I'm th- at first I'm thinking, can I even do this? Am I capable of doing this? Is this going to sound good at all? This is probably a terrible idea. I'm, I'm just being candid with you. Right, right. Um, and and I, I, and you know that you already know the end of the story. I sat down, I did it, I brought it to the horn section. It took us a, a while to get it down because it was like he played it. You know, it was a solo. It wasn't like this this uh thing that was easily notated it it had to be felt and so we listened to his solo a thousand times and we 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 looked at the music we memorized it we got it down and we went in the studio and it sounded amazing and prince uh we played we played one bar of it 
Prince stopped the tape and goes, yeah, that's what I thought it would sound like. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, you haven't even heard it. You just heard the first three notes. <laughs> wow. That's... Yeah, that's I learned a lot of lessons a master, from that, man. man. I yeah, imagine. He... God damn, that's like... It's like when somebody says, you know, in this case, it's Prince, you know, the upper echelon of the situation. Or somebody says, hey, you, uh, Steve Jobs, you know, rest in peace, wants you to come in and help work on this or you know, uh, Obama or something. They wanted you to come in and get your opinion on this or, or Bill Gates. You know, I mean, one of these guys that really had put in the work and is sort of uh, at the top of whatever the industry and you in there with them toe to toe creating on the spot, you know, the pressures on the, the all of that. And, and you come through it, man. It's like that's an amazing sort of thing, man. Like you said, when you get that calling, you get in there. And you creating with the master and you, you picking up. You you basically was with Yoda. You know what I'm saying? You was like, oh, yeah. I'm coming in here with the masters. I'm getting some game from them. They want some of what I offer. You yep. know, I'm putting it in. So this is And that's why you want to have high standards for yourself yeah. in whatever it is that you do. And I do a lot of variety of things. But um, it goes without saying it. The, my, my bag, if you will, is horn arranging. And, um, that's something that I really, I have the highest of standards for, for myself. And, um, I'm not easily impressed because I've really honed my skills in that one area. So, um, you know, that, that's what you got to do to specialize and and you have someone like Yoda call you in to, uh, to, to need you for anything. Like he doesn't need anybody (laughs) really, but, but he likes to collaborate with people that specialize in things that that help him take his brand to the next level, you know? Man, and with that, we're going to end it right there, man. That's that's a lot to chew on. And, I, and <laughs> the thing is, there's a lot of musicians and cats who listen to this show, so I really want y'all to really dig into the stuff that Philip was talking about and take some of these lessons, man, and get motivated and understand that we definitely, you do got to work it like a job. And when you, and when you get to that point where that opportunity comes, because there'll be a lot of opportunities that come, but the whole key about it is if you're ready. And Philip was ready, you know what I'm saying? Look what the blessings that came through that, right? You you met your wife yep. coming through all that. So absolutely beautiful story, man. Props to you and your wife. Thank you for sharing, you know, your, your stories, man. That's very good stuff. I really appreciate well, that, man. Thank you so I wanna much. I want to thank you, Michael, and you, Big Sexy Mark, for having me, man. No doubt, man. Anytime, man. Anytime. Yeah, like I said. Pleasure was ours, man, definitely. Yeah, when you when you ready cool. to do the other stuff projects you got coming on please uh keep us in the loop definitely uh, we're gonna gonna have you back on um all right ladies and gentlemen you're listening to the prince podcast please please go check out philip's philip's website philiplassiter.com i'll put the links in the show notes mr big sexy and sack sir you got another classic in the in the belts. Where can they find you online, sir? Well, you can find me on Facebook under Mark Wiggins and on Twitter under Big Sexy and Sack. All right. I love saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our other partners in 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 podcasting, uh Big Ken, Day Dropping, uh Q Storm, Amp Pooh, Sean Hill. Uh shout out to those brothers. Uh, as this show goes up, I'm going to actually put this show up today as we're recording. It's 1-16-2016. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have the opportunity to go to Minneapolis, Paisley Park on the 21st, 
which is next Thursday, please do because I will be out there. Um, we gonna hopefully we're gonna be in the building and be a part of this special show. So definitely stay on board. We're gonna be podcasting and recording the journey. So it's gonna be a good time. With that, check us out next time. Work it like a job. Peace. This is a lullaby for my little baby boo. You know I'll always love you. You know I will move heaven and earth just to make all your dreams come true. Make all your dreams come true. If you should ever need anything at all, baby love, I will always be available. Cause life ain't easy and as you grow older, you're gonna find that you can always count on friends. Tell me who can you trust in this whole world more than I? I am always on your side. Darkest hour. Hear me now. Just want you to know that I'll be here to say, baby, it's okay. It's okay.
everything is gonna be alright.